This is Matt Lesniewski, and you're listening to 11 O'Clock Comics. It's like an assault on the senses. It's crazy. It's just, you hear that sound and you know that you're just going to experience some fairly mediocre bordering on good <laughs> comic book talk. Well, I don't want to toot my own. Oh, damn, that is harsh. No, all right. I mean, we're good, but I don't want to say, yeah, what the best it is. But, you know, it, humble. you got to have a little bit of humility. Act like you've been there before. Well, we've been I there. Just, we've been there for a long time. <laughs> I just hope you guys, it's been, it's been days since we talked last. It has. So long. So long. Hello, people. This here is 11 O'Clock Comics, episode 893, the second part of Jason's test. He passed with flying colors last episode when he praised, for the most part, the Fall of X storyline. And now we're going to see if he'll pass my second test. And I'm Vince B. Wow. Wow. Intro for days. I am David A. Price. It's true, and I am everyone's favorite freak. Phantom X. <laughs> you are a freak. Yeah. You would love to be Phantom X. Oh, so much. He's so freaky, too. Danger Diabolic, but still. Exactly. Yeah. 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 The women in that movie? Oh, they're gorgeous. My goodness. That movie is well, a re- visual treat. But anyway. Well, remember, there's a Phantom X splits and takes on a female form for a good chunk of Remender's run. Exactly. Yeah. So, very much a conceptual continuity. But you know, you're not Phantom X. You're Jason Wood, everybody. And if you would like to get books featuring Phantom X, or at least as a as an additional character, all you got to do is go to CheapGraphicNovels.com. They got tons of Phantom X. CheapGraphicNovels.com. Have the trade paperbacks, the omnibus editions, the manga, the, the OGNs, all that stuff at less, far less than the cover price. Do a little comparison. Look at the price on cheap graphic novels and go over to Amazon, check the price. I almost guarantee you that cheap graphic novels will be significantly lower than Amazon because they're awesome. Shipping is amazing. Protect your books like if it, they were shipping their own things. They're just amazing. Uh, you're going to make an order. You're going to get an email confirmation. You're going to reply to that email confirmation saying, Max, my friend, I had no idea the grandeur, the glory of cheap graphic novels if it wasn't for 11 o'clock comics. And he's going to say, well, you're pretty smart and I love you. He's going to wave the magic wand of savings, boink, tap your forehead, and you're going to get free shipping on your next order. So you're damn right. You save going in, you save coming out. Cheapgraphicnovels.com. Speaking of CGN... The if you if everyone listened to our eleven o'clockers, there was a CGN gift certificate given away to one of the persons, and it was Chris Chavez, and uh, got a funny funny little DM yesterday from Chris when he listened to the episode and was like, "Holy shit, <laughs> he's so, a sweetheart!" Yeah, he was all excited. He was like, "I'm a I'm gonna put it towards the Godzilla Omnibu. I can't wait." I'm like, "All right, my my, my. I'm like, I'm yeah, gonna get you set up." The so. the pre order for the Godzilla Omnibus is not live yet. The the no. the slug is there. You can see it, but you can't pre order it yet. But please, yes. people, for the love of Kaiju, if you are going, if you even have a, you're on the fence about ordering it, order it because chances are very good this thing's only gonna get one printing. 
If Toho performs as they have in the past, I'm guessing this is only going to get one printing. And it's going to be gone. And you're going to be crying in your Cheerios. But you'll be heart healthy. You will. Honey, <laughs> I hope they're honey nut. Heart healthy, Oh, goodness. <laughs> All right. I have a drink. And, um, you know, we said we aren't going to repeat ourselves, but I, I am drinking the same thing as last episode. From Half Acre Beer Company, I am drinking Tend. It is a winter India pale ale. It is delicious. And I've almost, at this point, a little behind-the-scenes chicanery, I've almost had three 16-ouncers. Ooh. So I'm lucid. Pre- a little pregame. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I uh, I did switch it up because I'm not a... I'm not a Heathen. Last last week I was drinking, uh, oh or goodness. last episode I was drinking orange seltzer, and uh, so you know I did you better this time. I am drinking lemon lime G zero players. No, you're not a heathen at all. <laughs> <laughs> but you're cute, so we'll keep you around. <sighs> I uh, well, since Vince already opened that door, I figured what the hell. I went back to the well for. Uh, some more Bardstown with uh, with a splash of soda. Excellent, nicely done. All right, I'm stealing myself for what I'm about to hear. Okay, I'm prepared. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm prepared. Um, I, I hope my my um, assumptions are not dashed on the rocks because you could be a little cagey on the slack. Like if I okay. say if I say oh you gotta read this and and you'll say you know uh, you know I'm glad you liked it meaning you don't mm-hmm. want to tip you don't want to tip the scales oh, it, okay. that that yeah. you really enjoyed it but you also don't want to you know harsh marsh my mellow and because oh, so anyway I read something I'm curious, to see, I'm curious I, to see which one of us guesses right yeah I read something from Marvel that I think is the best or close to the best thing I've read out of that company in a long, long time. And you're in love with Marvel these days, so... Yes. This is called Avengers Twilight, book one. Written by an author I don't normally read. Chip Zdarsky. <laughs> before like the play. Yeah, like, I, I don't, I don't mm-hmm. find fault with his work. It, he just doesn't seem to write things that I towards you know the stuff that i gravitate to towards but the thing that got me to read this is his collaborator daniel acuna who i absolutely adore i've oh you go back in the archives listen every time we mentioned acuna and i will slather this dude with praise because i think in that top tier of marvel illustrators acuna is like right up the top he is a maestro i love his work Avengers Twilight Book One. Oh yeah, I'm going in saying, and okay, maybe I'm prone to hyperbole, but one of the things. <laughs> no, really. <laughs> yes, one of the things we 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 always say about the the age old Marvel versus DC battle is that DC has a lot of evergreen books. Dark Knight Returns, Watchmen, Batman Year One, etc. Right, Marvel not so much. Like I would be hard pressed to even think of maybe three Marvel books that are could be considered evergreen. 
And I, I, I went in on the slack, guns blazing. I said, if Zdarsky plays his cards right, if he sticks to landing, if he produces every issue of this thing on the same level as this first issue, I think Avengers Twilight could be a Marvel Evergreen book. Well, it's interesting that we're talking about this in the context of the Avengers. Because first of all, I agree with you. Like, I, And we've talked about this over the years. Like, It is weird for Marvel being as powerful and prolific as they've been. Like, They, they do not have those like books where someone says to you like oh i'm interested in learning a little about comics what should i read right like like generally speaking i don't think people mention marvel that's because marvel doesn't stop and and start like dc has done for sure yeah all 100 yeah yeah Yeah. there there are reasons for it right but there also hasn't been a marvel spotlight book on a certain character other than Born Again. Born Again could be considered an evergreen book in my book. Born Again is absolutely not. Yes, yeah. but Marvel. Well, there are some like I think some of like 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 the Miller Wolverine. Death of Captain Marvel. Yeah, Death like Death of Captain Marvel. You know, I think there are, there are a few, but like again, yes. I mean, but, the, but they but, are rare. Right, but they yeah. don't have the tendency of DC to repeat the origin stories ad yeah. nauseum. Right. That, yes, that's exactly. the thing. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. But what I was getting at, Vince, is it's interesting that you're bringing this up tonight in the context of Avengers because for someone who like myself who holds out as a you know a hardcore o- like OG Avengers fan I always find it interesting that when I look back on Avengers and someone will say like well what's your favorite run I mean I have runs obviously but like to me if someone was to say to me hey I want to read an Avengers story where should I start I it, like I would say I always say Avengers forever exactly and and of modern stuff the Avengers uh Rage of Ultron which was the Remender Opeña book that was a separate, you know, they turned it into a separate graphic novel. And, um, cause he, and like to me, those are two of my favorite Avenger stories of all time. And they are self contained, but clearly don't have anywhere near the, like the, the public, uh, reputation that some of the DC books we mentioned do. Right. But it's just fascinating to me that you bringing up this Avengers book because, yeah, it's like, I think Avengers has had a few moments where they're, standalone limited series or, you know, event books or whatever you want to call it, actually do stand the test of time in a way that a lot of the ongoing doesn't. Whereas I think for most of Marvel's other core characters, you can't say that. Right. Like, you know, like maybe the Hulk with Planet Hulk, if you consider that, although that was still pretty long. Like, I don't like it's it's hard to think of, you know, standalone stories that aren't necessarily in continuity that would be credibly at the top of like the list of most of the characters that Marvel like considers their best characters. Yes. So let's set it up for the people. It's a future. Well, don't you st- want to know what David and I thought? Well, I guess well, no, you know what David no, thought. we'll get there. We'll get there. Okay. It, I, I like to keep myself in suspense. Gotcha. It, and the listener, it, it's a future storyline in which a devastating calamity had occurred and had since been called H-Day, where Ultron uh, souped up a bunch of superhero, uh, super villains and somehow got control of the Hulk. And the fallout being that many, many lives were lost. And so it, it was one of those incidents that actually changed the status quo, where... Um, Superheroes were very, very strictly controlled. They they took away uh, S- Steve's um, super soldier serum. He's just an ordinary old dude now. He started to age. He's married. Um, tried a political uh, a bid for a political office, 
and um, he's seen as a hero, but not by the majority. Like the the, the legend is starting to fade out from the, the public consciousness. Uh, Tony and Jan had a son. His name's Jimmy James. Uh, instantly dislikable character. And dad. yeah, he does take after his father. And the, the deal with this is it's all about the truth. It's about the, the malleability of the truth. Because Steve witnesses a, a news broadcast that tries to retcon the Red Skull's backstory. In that, well, the Red Skull fought Hitler. He tried to eliminate Hitler. Therefore, he, he's a, he was a hero. He was a good guy. And Steve's like, wait a minute. Wait, wait, wait. The Red Skull didn't try to eliminate Hitler for the public's good, he tried to eliminate Hitler for his own good, so he could ascend to the 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 top, you know, role of of uh, the Nazi Party. So he wasn't altruistic at all. He was just trying to pave the way for himself. And Steve's getting all worked up, and he's going on these these talk shows, and uh, Jimmy baits him into a confrontation, and it doesn't look good behind the scenes. And and it's like there, there's a uh, uh, a governmental um, mandated curfew. Got to be off the streets at a certain time or else. And there's shock troopers watch, walking the streets, you know. And um, Steve sees a bunch of kids skateboarding. It's really close to curfew time. And they, they come in a little heavy-handed. They start coming down on these kids. And Steve intervenes and gets the shit kicked out of them. But Luke Cage has a band of freedom fighters fighting in the wings uh, called the Defenders, appropriately enough. And Luke is, is all old and busted, too. Um, and he, and, and he, he saves Steve and has someone recreate the super soldier serum, which works. A bunch of test subjects, unfortunately, die, just like in the past. And so Steve is now reinvigorated to fight the status quo. And, it, and, and the reason why I think this is an evergreen book, or could be, is that it's not your standard hero versus villain. It's Captain America fighting for the ideals of what made America. He's fighting everything. It's not just a, a, a supervillain. The stakes are much higher. He's fighting to get back to reclaim America for what it was. Free speech, you know, the, the laundry list. And I think this book is freaking brilliant. I almost lost it. There are two incidents during the book that will break your heart. One you don't see, one you do. And I'm going mm. to spoil mm. it to, so you people may check this out if this entices you. Matt Murdock runs a free clinic, free law clinic, just to help out the people that are oppressed by this this fascist government that's in place. And he's killed for his efforts. Matt Murdock is rubbed out, assassinated. That you don't see. What you do see is some of the fallout from H-Day, and you actually see Peter Parker die. And it is a rough scene to parse, man. It, 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 it's like the endgame scene in reverse, where you had Tony sacrificing himself for the greater good, and Peter watching. Like This is the almost the opposite of that. It, it, visually, it looks very similar to that, too. Peter's just slumped up against wreckage and his mask is off and and all he can think about is aunt may and he's like to steve he's like please you know save my aunt like let make sure my aunt may's okay like oh my god it it rips your soul out but i 
I cannot express, I'm going to try, I can't express how strongly this issue affected me. I think this issue is almost attains that perfect status. I mean, it, it's it's a, a unattainable goal, obviously. But I think this issue was phenomenally good. The, it just lit a fire in me. When I, when I finished that last page, I don't normally do this. I'm like, oh, well, that was really well done. Or it's, mm, that didn't click. There was a holy shit moment at the end of this where I'm just like, this is fantastic. I need, I, I, I want this series to succeed because it'd be cool if Marvel had a book that you can hand to someone interested. You can't give somebody a neophyte in the Avengers mythology, the Kree Scroll War. It's too long. There's too many characters in it <laughs> that they, that they don't know who they, who, you know, who are these characters? Um, but this, this could be the book and I, I love it. And I just, I need to know what you guys thought. Well, I'm, it sounds like you two have your little back channel talks and, and are taking different different sides of where I fall on this. I haven't said boo. Oh, well, you said you were waiting to see if you were right or he was right. About no, about right, but I. Okay, so from that, sure, but but I have. Yeah, I'm just I, curious. I'll, I'm I'll, curious which one of you where you each sat, but uh, okay. But um, I loved it. Oh, snap, I was wrong. I was wrong. <laughs> I thought, because, see, I knew you were, there was part of me that, that thought, he's just playing me. Because this, I'll be totally honest, this book is a barometer. If you can't, if you can't walk away from this at least saying that it was well written and well illustrated, you don't have to love it. You don't have to think it's the greatest thing out of Marvel. But if you can't recognize the glaringly obvious quality of this book then i think maybe your perceptions are a little bit wonky that's all i'm saying and and i i was i was hoping that both of you approached it whether you liked it or not at least admit to the fact that there's something very good going on here you don't have to love it but at least recognize the skill with which this book was created oh yeah i mean the acuna art is phenomenal it's He's so, so well composed, oh, and it's God. so different than what we see normally in a in a book, and um, it's just it's just almost like almost like almost like professional pop art. Like the the, the design aesthetic, so so like visually clean. I just yeah. love it. I, he has like, to be digital. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. no doubt. But I mean, uh, but the the coloring, like, and the it. The the wash over it. I mean, it is all digital effects, but it re- just really well done. Very very warm. Like I just yeah. I, I think the art. This could be if you took this story. If you took Zadarsky's story, and uh, you know, I'm not I'm not going to throw any specific artists under the bus. But if you just insert like reasonably active Marvel DC superhero artist who draws random superhero book, right? There's probably a list of fifty to come up with. If you had them draw this book. I probably would be like, eh. Yeah, I'll say oh, it. Okay. Hitch, if Hitch drew this, I wouldn't. Pro- I wouldn't. I wouldn't have well, right, loved yeah, it and I, anywhere. I'm, I'm not throwing him under the bus, but right, right. he's 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 achieved a level of complacency in his work where facial expressions, panel compositions, the way he approaches the the, the solving of graphic solutions is very same. Series to yes, series to series, that. and and yeah. I, I don't. That's why the ultimate invasion felt so flat. Right, I don't see that in Acuna. He just seems to challenge himself 
all the time. And even the character designs, right? Like like making Luke Cage look all scraggly, almost like the thing. He's got you know skin's all cracked and he's all you know it's all he's old like just old and busted. And you know I the thing that's really impressive to me about this is that um, I generally don't like old people stories. Like, like they annoy me, you know, like because old people are entitled as fuck. Um, <laughs> oh my but, god! But the, they are. Hey, sorry, this is. Um, but god. in this case, it worked for me, man. I liked, I liked crotchety Luke. I liked crotchety Steve. I, like it worked for me. I was like, okay, I get you. Let's do this. So yeah, but uh, but like this is like a nine out of ten for me. Um, but it would have probably been like a five if it was just average superhero art. So Acuna is really the hero for me in this. Yes, totally agree. But the story is damn good too. Um, it's yeah, it's really it's really interesting. And again, I think the character work they do is really well done. I you know I love the the love interests. You know, I mean, like that's cool. Uh, like I just like the whole yeah, it's like the whole setup really. Um, yeah, I'm I'm I'm. Now, you know what an echo is, right? Everyone knows what an echo is. It, it, it's not the original sound, but it's a diminishing version of the original sound that is in lesser potency, right? I think there are echoes of Dark Knight Returns in this. In the same fact that you had sure. Bruce was old and busted mm-hmm. when, when, when you know, the, the story starts and he finds a way to combat this 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 these injustices the same thing with Steve. Steve is not Captain America in the majority of this book. He's old, he's feeling aches and pains. He doesn't have that that serum coursing through his veins that gave him, you know, uh elevated him above the 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 average man and women. Um and then he he's reinvigorated at the end to fight this this oppressive um you know ruling body and uh, and i also see a little bit of what like echoes again echoes nowhere near the original potency echoes of watchmen in this thing too you got the 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 this government that is just so oppressive and people people are feeling some kind of way because they're they're living in this society where they can't really do much, and they have to be off the streets at a certain time. And this this huge calamity happened, where you know everybody's living in fear. Like that's very much the zeitgeist of Watchmen. And then you have a bunch of old cast off heroes that are trying to 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 save the day. I think that's it's a formula, right? And it's it it lives within these pages. Dap. It's interesting you said both Watchmen and Dark Knight Returns because I got a strong this is this could be Marvel's Kingdom Come. Oh, the, yeah. Um, okay. The art is absolutely why I kept reading this. This is a beautiful book. Um, the Spider-Man page was it 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 hit me the same way it's our boy it did when 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 the snap took peter in infinity war um it's our boy it yeah and and it 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 wasn't necessary he didn't have to do that and he still fucking did uh i it, it 
whether it's we've 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 talked about creators, specifically writers that that we're that none of us are really keen on. Um, not going to name anybody, uh, but yes, except for even though no matter how many times I've given him a try, except for those first couple of issues of Marvel Two and One, Chip hasn't done a damn thing that I've wanted to read, and he. He is, he's, he's, he's extremely clever here. It's, it is a well-written, but everything you guys have said on point, no, no, no disagreements there at all. Any, any complaints, any, any nits to pick purely personal, my opinion don't affect the work at all. And, and it's still, it's still that, um, partly it's, it's, an entity book. I mean, yeah, there are there are different. There are times where I we we say it from time to time. I read comics to escape, and there's a lot of present day real world bullshit nonsense I'm reading on these pages. So 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 that doesn't it didn't annoy me, but it definitely just made me feel some kind of way while I'm reading it because I'm like I I, I was expecting after Vince talked it up after Austin mentioned it. On, on the slack it it was i i i was willing to just go in and be like i trust all my boys let's see where this goes but there's still i i didn't necessarily i did not love it i i'm definitely along for the ride i want to see where we're going i do because it's comics and because we've all grown up feeling this way and we've seen it so we know what we're talking about I am not, I am not yet convinced Matt Murdock is dead. He, huh. he all, Luke says it, and so does someone else in the background on the Defenders, but we don't see a body. Right. And I mm-hmm. don't see a news report. I don't, we just hear Luke, and I, and I don't know if that's because he wants to do something. He's, he's, that's a motivation he feels that Steve needs. Like, he can't just give it to him the way the world is. He wants to give him that extra, and it's, yeah, we saw Matt this morning, he dead. And because even Steve's like, right. we just saw, so I, that's a me thing. And it, it, you know, if that's just a me thing, that's cool. If we find out next issue, we're at his funeral. Okay, whatever. But, but right now, just, just on this alone, I don't, I'm not, I don't think Mamrock is dead. Um, well, what kind of ass of backward that, sacrifice is that where you kill Peter and you let Matt live? Like, no, well, for sure. <laughs> you know, but yes, yes. But, but also, and, and this is because, Edwin Jarvis's brother, who's who's the CEO, who's basically Jimmy James's handler, uh, or his valet, um, for ballot. But they're they're obviously watching Steve. They know everything that's going on in Steve's life because he tells him Jarvis is like, listen, we may have to talk your boy down, which is why James shows up by surprise to to Steve at at the the H Day News special. Um, so they are definitely watching Steve. So if they know that Steve met with Matt, maybe they maybe they can have, maybe they stage. I don't know. I'm, I'm just I'm I'm just speculating at that point. But but as far as what's on these pages here, um, it's it is a it is a it's a cool story. I think um, yeah. It's 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 weird. Just like you know the third. Captain America movie was called Civil War and it was an Avengers tale, even though this is called Avengers Twilight. Um, 
as of right now, unless the next issue starts off with like well, Iron Man going through his day. Okay, all right, and, and whether that's a, a flashback or if it's you know James wearing an armor or something. Oh well, because we do see, you know, I know it's been spoiled something, but I don't want to spoil something else where we do. We do see, you know, Steve's not the only Avenger still kicking around. Right. Uh, that we actually see on the page. So, um, although kicking may not be, that's a poor choice of words. But the, <laughs> uh, you dick. I mean, it's, 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 it's just a, uh, I, all the, all the accolades y'all are giving it is warranted. I definitely think people should check it out. Um, the the art is absolutely fantastic, and I know so, sometimes depending on the characters uh, or the story, like Freedom Fighters, I did not really, I wasn't feeling that. I did not really like the look of that. Uh, so there, there are times where, like when you could do things that I just I don't I don't like how it looks on the page, but there's no denying his talent and and how absolutely phenomenal um, they can do things paper but um yeah i i absolutely uh i'm i i said didn't love it but i i i can respect it and i absolutely agree with what you guys are saying content wise regarding yeah. Avengers twilight i i'm a big fan of the the steve rogers uh tony conflict because mm-hmm. i mean the civil war spoke to me because i always felt that Tony and Steve would never be friends in the real world. They, their, their, their beliefs are just too, too. There's too wide of a chasm between their belief systems. Which is what the movies got right. Yeah, right. The movies definitely got that right. And and the fact that this will probably amount to Steve versus Tony Junior or Jimmy, um, I think it's perfect. I, I think that that rivalry is at the heart of the Marvel universe, regardless of the fact that Tony and Steve have been in the Avengers forever. They don't see eye to eye. They can't see eye to eye. One's a filthy capitalist and and the other's, you know, fighting for the American, no offense, Jason. And and the other's fighting for like, you know, American ideals, which I guess is capitalism to, in a sense, but, but Steve was, is the, 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 the the fighter for the, the common man. The every dude, the you know men and women, the salt of the earth, you know blue collar. Where I see Tony as def- definitely um, in the corporate arena with their interests and stuff. So I, I really don't think that they would they would be reluctant friends. And the fact that Junior is now the foil to Steve in this, I think, is very perfect. And I also like Rosa a lot. I'm glad that yeah. I'm glad Steve's ha- happy. He he found mm-hmm. some. I don't know who she is. Um, is this anybody significant, or is this just a, a new character that was created for this? I, I think she's new. Yeah, I, I like her. She's new. Yeah, I, I like her a lot. She yeah. she takes care of our boy. Uh, it's just so good. So um, yeah, give it a shot, people. Mm-hmm. Avengers so, Twilight. So- before we move on, because this is kind of I'm kind of fascinated by this, and we all have these certain creators, whether they be uh, illustrators or writers, where it's just like saltpeter. We just it's we don't connect with them, right? Like right. And and obviously for Dap, like the the reigning champ of that is Zdarsky, and even here, like I mean, he he was you know he came out and said he didn't love the book, but you know, and obviously that's as a mainly Zdarsky thing, I'm sure. So like Dap, have you like? Because you've read a lot of Zadarsky, or at least tried it. Like, have you thought about what it is about his writing 
that turns you off? Is it the is it the like is it the cheekiness? Is it the is there something about the structure of the story, right? Because like obviously like then you juxtapose that against like like Tom King. Like Tom is a very at this point predictable structure. Like, right? He's mm-hmm. the king of the but it works for us generally. Like we, we usually come away from those stories thinking, damn, it's another really good one. So like have you have you been able to pinpoint what it is about Sadarsky? Because I, the reason I ask is because, like, I, I thought for a long time it was because you didn't find him funny. And I totally get that because I say all the time, like, humor is so much more subjective yeah. than dramatic work. And so I, I, I think it's, like, infinitely harder to make a humorous thing as as appealing, as broadly appealing as something that's more serious. But I wouldn't say this was a funny book. So it's more <laughs> like, it's not like, it's not that I always thought it was Zdarsky's humor didn't work with you. But, but that's not really what's going on here. So I'm just curious if you gave it any thought. I it's I, I as I'm thinking about it while you're asking the question, I, I think we all know we could pretty much with the exception of maybe Alan Moore, uh very few, hardly any writers I I, I feel, at least the ones that I read regularly or or especially the ones that we've known over time, um they have a voice and you can kind of pretty much tell if something's, if it reads like a Marv Wolfman or a Chris Claremont or a Frank Miller or a Grant Morrison or Warren Ellis book. And, um, I, I think I am just not a fan of chips voice. I, I, I kind of hear it. Um, and it's not like we've ever interacted with him. I mean, we've only heard from his peers who all claim he is a great and funny dude. And that's great. I, you know, your friends should pimp you and back you up, but um, I, I just the the, the Zadarsky books I've tried. I there's just something that whether it was the Daredevil book, whether uh, and, and it was present in Marvel two and one, but it was fitting there. There's um, there's not uh, like you said, this this isn't a funny book at all, but it's 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 the way I. I I think it's it's the real world aspects of this story that, that and, and and again that's a me thing where I maybe just might be in the mood for it, um, but the way the way the the way the characters talk and not to say that you know an older Steve definitely couldn't this definitely feels like an older version of the Captain America that whether it was Grunwald or Carlin or Remender that any that. Any version that they wrote, this sounds like an older version of that. Um, Jimmy is meant to be a dick, so he comes off like a dick. That that's fine. Luke is is old and crotchety, and and that's that's sort of a departure from current Luke. But again, I can understand an old bitter black dude. That 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 absolutely makes sense, and I get that, especially with what he's dealing with, mm-hmm. with what his powers left him, how they left him. Um, I I just. Yeah, I, I, I just can it if if it. I don't know if somebody had me read, uh, like if you wrote a backup for um, the Sex Criminals or whatever that book, was, like it, and and they just you know, if I didn't know where it came from, they just asked me to read it. Uh, I'm not claiming that I would be able to say that. Okay, well, I didn't like mm-hmm. this. Must have been a chip book, but it it's um I I I just really. And anything he's kind of done, I did. There's just something that I, I I don't connect with. Yeah, no, I get it. I mean, uh, that's. But I just to me the the I I just 
the lack of the humor in this made me think, oh, it's there's, it's not what like there's something more to it than just like you don't think he's funny. So, um, and I will say, I don't think Chip is funny either. Um, his his humor books, I don't don't work for me at all. I like like any anyone he's ever done. It's not my thing. But um, but I have to say the the like the superhero mainstream stuff that he's done, I've generally liked. I can't say I've loved any of it. Like, as you may remember, I, I kind of read like almost the entirety of his Daredevil run after yeah, we wrapping up. Daredevil, yeah. And, and I really love the first two or three arcs. I mean, if remember, I don't remember exactly how, but I really thought it was like awesome. I'm like, damn, this is great. And then I thought it got progressively less interesting. Um, I haven't touched. And that was one, yet. that was one I absolutely wanted to love. Because yeah. of Marco Cicchetto. But yeah, right. oh, you were saying. You were no, I was saying I haven't Batman. touched his Batman, so I can't speak okay. to that. Um, yeah. But, but so, uh, yeah, I think for me, it's, it's, I don't find him funny. So if he's not doing funny stuff, like in this case, but this book too, it worked for me. But, but for you, it, it's deeper. It cuts deeper. Yeah. I don't, like I said, I don't have much of a history with Zdarsky just because he's written things that I don't want to read. Like, mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't. Like Daredevil. No, I wouldn't touch Howard the Duck. Oh yeah, written by written by ninety eight. I wouldn't like it because it's funny, right? Yeah. No, 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 like ninety eight percent of of all of the authors in existence could write Howard the Duck, and I wouldn't read it only sure. because it's not Gerber, right? Yeah, I, I didn't read Daredevil uh, because I've read all of the great Daredevil stories. I don't need to. I don't need to read anymore. And Batman, I feel but like like I feel bad because Cooters are a boy, but like I just can't. I gave it a try. I'm like it's it's, and it's not that it's bad per se. It's just like. Kind of you're saying like I we've read the we've read per, we've had we've read perfect Daredevil comics we've right yeah them, so. right and and yeah. the the train has very much left the station a long time ago on Batman so I'm not going to read that but um, you guys don't read Spawn no, <laughs> and, no or no. anything written by Todd McFarlane this is like oh. Alan Moore compared to Spawn <laughs> oh, sure. like, yeah, yeah, like, like Zadarsky can 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 formulate a complete beautifully mm-hmm. constructed sentence punctuated mm-hmm. and everything. Like so, I know actually. Like I know it's a low, it's a low bar, but yeah, I know he's not drawing really anything these days. But I really do like his cartooning. I, I I, like his illustration work. I I think he's a good artist actually. But um, you know, not doesn't do much of that these days. But yeah, this came out of nowhere and it just exploded in my brain. And I'm, I dap, you know, mentioned hardcover. I need a hardcover of this. Yeah, I think they'll. Well, I, I hope never. I don't know. They, it's different. It's a different time, so I don't know how how them to the prioritizing hard. I think this book's going to be in print for a long time. And, and that's and and if you know if, if if this comes out in a nice hardcover, if 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 the story maintains or right elevates from here, yeah, you know what? It's obviously I got to credit Chip for that. He's the one telling the story as beautiful as as Aguini's making it look. I. I'd get a hardcover of it if, yeah. if, if, you know, just based on the first issue. Yes. So, you know, credit to Chip there. He wrote a story that I want to see continue. But yeah, it, it's, it's so, you know, it, it, I really want to see where we're going with it. Yeah. The dialogue is totally believable. It feels like older versions of the characters we all know. The, the plot is amazing. It, it's, it's a classic tale of one man versus the system. Like, what's not to love? So bring mm-hmm. it, bring it on, bring it on. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm so relieved. Vince, yeah. while, while we're talking Marvel, I got I got something I want to mention to you real quick. Okay. Well, last episode we talked about the fact that I had read an absolute grip of uh, X books for the first time in like six months. A grip, yes. 
Okay. And you had then asked me toward the end of the conversation, did you read, what did you think of the X-Force? Because I've been waiting for you to read that. And I told you at the time, I hadn't read it yet because it was next up. Well, my friend, because I love you again, I read X-Force 44, 45, 46, 47, 48. Oh, my was, God. Was, was, was the wife away this weekend? What the hell? <laughs> Listen, you know, I was inspired to read X-Books. What can I tell That's you? That's awesome. So... So yes. le- so you you did read X Force forty eight, yes. All right, I'm a little nervous. Hopefully, I'm a little nervous that right the solution to the beast problem could be as simple as cloning and eliminating the bad beast and having this new oh my stars and garters he's he's horrible because um, Sage retained one of the beast clones. Yes. And sends him out to eradicate the bad beast. And I'm I'm real my fingers are crossed that that Percy doesn't have the quote good clone eliminate the bad original beast and now this clone is the beast in the Marvel universe. Right, right. That's too easy of a solution. Sure. Well, I'm going to be a hypocrite tonight and tell you that I pray that's what's about to happen because <laughs> I want my Hank back. Right. Yeah. Give him back to me, baby. I in know. Fact, in fact, um, this book, uh, the majority of, of, of the last years to have been drawn by Robert Gill. Um, I actually, uh, I know I was on high, high artist in 2023, but I, but prior to 23, I'd actually bought a bunch of Gill uh, X-Force pages. Um, in part because the book features, obviously my girl and my boy Domino and beast. Um, but you know, when you told me for the last few months, Hey, are you caught up on X-Force and the beast stuff? I was thinking this was going to be like take two of what we've got, what we got in the Wolverine story, which was beast versus Wolverine. And I thought, Oh man, like how, like how long is it's, you know, this is like, it reminded me of that. It's like, uh, you know, when, like when, when a wrestling feud like goes on for like five matches and you're like, all right, dude, like we've like, let's, 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 let's have the payoff and move on to the next story. Right? Uh huh. So, Vince, you threw me for a loop because that's not what's going on here, right? It's no, not like in this mirror, book. It's the mirror image of it, right? Yes. Which is like, we need to go and get Beast and, and settle things, but it's not focused on him. But listen, you give me, like we got in issue 48, Stars and Garters Beast drawn that way. I mean, that is the, you know, when I get Beast commissions, that's that's the model character model I want to see. And we get that after all these years of fat evil Beast? Oh, I was in heaven. Now, that said... I totally think your point, like, because it would be so easy and such a MacGuffin to just have, I don't know, Wolverine or somebody kill Evil Beast and then this beast step in. I, I understand that would be, like, the ultimate kind of, like, deus ex machina. So I doubt that's actually what's going to happen. But for a minute, after reading this issue and putting it down, I was tinged with glee at the idea that we would get that outcome. <laughs> because I would love nothing more to have. Good old smart Hank McCoy who wants to actually help the world and save humanity and mutants t- together. I would love for that to be back. But but Sage goes through a list of atrocities committed by the Which Beast was awesome. In like, this issue. Love, because she's a human computer and of course she would better rattle them all off in perfect chronological order, which right. I loved. And so if if the good clone eliminates the bad beast, then there's not really any kind of atonement for all of those misdeeds. Can, can I make can I make a prediction and and clearly this can't be a spoiler because the issues haven't hit print yet so I could be way off but 
I think the solution is going to be a little more elegant than you're worried about. I think it's going to be like a situation where good clone beast who obviously is very distraught because he's, he's subsequently read. We should be clear here. The, the clone was basically mindless because, you know, in, until the recent events of fall of X, the mutants could, could imbue their consciousness in new bodies. And they have a, basically a, they basically revert to a, to a former version of, of beast. And they, they install his mind, his memories only up to a point when they all remember him as still being noble. And uh, so then he has to like, he sits down at the computer and he reads all the years of atrocities that he goes on to do. And he gets very verklempt at himself. Right. I think what's going to happen is I think they're going to track down evil beast, have a big melee, right? Like battle to the end type of thing. And good beast is going to sacrifice himself to take out bad beast and explain that while he is who he is, he knows that basically he's going to, no matter what, he's going to turn into bad beast over at some, you know, if, if he's, if he lives, so he doesn't want to live either. All right. That's, that's a much better solution. Well, there you go. So if it doesn't go that way, you know, maybe I'll, I'll send this pitch to Marvel and be like, see what I can be doing for your books. Yeah. Mm. I like that a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I I think Hank should really have some kind of atonement for all the the things he's, he's done. Yeah, I mean, listen, real talk. You know, I, I mean, and again, these are yeah, these are characters, and like you guys were saying earlier, like, just you know, it is what it is. Just, just like, you can like it or you can't like it. Let other people have their version. I totally believe all that, but like, that said, on a very selfish level, like, I, I don't like the direction they've taken Beast, and it's been perfectly natural. They've been building this, this, this for what twenty five years, right? Well, like, it's the, it's is- the taint of Age of Apocalypse. Right, exactly. It, it is not in any way out of left field. It, it's actually a pretty well-developed and long-developing character evolution. So, like, I can't even argue that it's the wrong approach. But I just love the freewheeling, happy, you know, Avengers beast. Like, that's that's my dude. And, and so, uh, yeah, I, if I can get him back... I'll selfishly love it, but I would get it if people thought it was weak sauce. I think I'm 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 o I'm okay with this deviation from what I said last episode regarding previous versions of characters because as an outsider looking in on, on X Force and what's going on with Dark Beast, I was never under the impression that Hank was gone. Whereas with Kyle was absolutely replacing Hal and Mm-hmm. Wally replaced Barry, and and I mean there were there were absolute definitive ends for the pre- previous versions, so that the new could take over. I didn't. I, I I get why you'd feel that way about wanting Happy Go Lucky, All My Stars and Garters, Hank back, but I never because he he's still right there within reach from sure. what I could see. I I don't know if that's true or not because I'm not reading the stories, but I so I'm I I I, I think your feelings on it are valid. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. I mean, again, like, like I don't like. I'm, it's not a hill I'm going to die on, and uh-huh. I, I've, con- I have to say, as much as I complain that it, that this isn't the beast I like, I, and and until we got to the point where he was literally the villain of Wolverine for a year, I was fine with him being like pulling shenanigans because you know it was like okay, like he, he was kind of machinating in the background, and I was like, all right, it is what it is. It's more of a third arc or a third plot line than, um, but uh, but yeah, no, it's but point being, X Force is still. Very good. Ben Percy, I know he gave him love on the Oclosper. I, I think he's a very good writer. Um, yes. 
and and I I feel like I've read a lot of his work now, and I at least as we're riffing here, I don't have a list of all the stuff he's done, but I don't remember any of his runs being like, ah, I could take her to leave it. I think he's he's real good. He's he's a very solid. I'll say at least superhero writer. I don't know that I've read any of his. If he's done, I don't know if he's done non superhero stuff of any of any significance yet. But uh, but yeah, I, I definitely think he's 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 someone I I will tend to like. I'll try his books now, just just like you know, regardless of what I may think of the solicit, just to see what's up. Nice, excellent. I'm glad you enjoyed them. What is going on? Back to back weeks of Marvel love. I know we should just call it the Marvel the Marvel minutes. Bolton Vulture, <laughs> get it over with. Ah. <laughs> uh, well, I have a hallelujah, a hallelujah, J- Jason. We got another issue of Savage Dragon out of Eric Larson. What's that? The first one in seventeen months? It's been a while. I don't. It's not. It hasn't been that long. Should it, it just be an annual at this point? Like, <laughs> get, cut, no, I, I cut him a break. In, in the in the the letters pages. He said something about extenuating circumstances preventing him from getting an issue out, and and whatever. I mean, uh, listen, as consistent as he is, he's, he's he's the only founder writing and drawing his original book from way back when. I'm I'm more than happy to cut him some slack in the yes. back out. Whatever he has Un- to say unlike about McFarlane, Mister Larson can craft a believable, interesting yes. narrative with gosh darn it, real sentences. Mm-hmm. And um, the thing about Eric Larson is. He's beholden to no one. Mm-hmm. Wh- whatever he wants to do with his characters, he'll do it. I, I, I'm, I'm convinced that Eric produces Savage Dragon for no one but himself. And, Which is and, awesome. And that's the way it should be, right? right. That's the way it should be done. So um, this uh, last week, Savage Dragon 267 came out. Oof. It, it, it was a, it's a triple-sized 30th anniversary special. But the entire issue is not curated. Well, I shouldn't say that. The entire issue is everything after the main story is we get a a bunch of the old Megaton stuff that Eric Larson did with Gary Carlson. Mm-hmm. And uh, so you got Vanguard versus uh, Mighty Man, the, um, the Bobby Berman version. You got Vanguard versus Dragon. The short, thin Paul version, which is in keeping with the narrative because Paul is uh, a character in the, the, the main story. But um, for the most part, this issue is a celebration. It, it is the wedding of Angel Murphy and Frank Darling Jr. Now, do you guys know who these characters are? Mm. I mean, you haven't read it. You haven't read Savage Dragon on an extended basis. So chances are you don't know who these characters are remember when uh, way back when when the the uh, police officer found savage dragon naked in the burning yeah. field well yeah. that was that was lieutenant that was frank morgan that was frank uh, right. frank okay. darling yeah. oh sorry sorry yeah. yeah that was that was um frank darling jr's father Got who you. found him mm-hmm. and angel is the daughter of jennifer murphy who at one time was the wife of dragon not paul not Malcolm, but the Savage Dragon that started the series that was originally Emperor Kerr, right, who yep. was a mean son of a bitch and just because of his calamity at the beginning of the series was he didn't know who he was, so he assumed the role of, of a good guy. Um, mm-hmm. 
and Angel Murphy was Jennifer's daughter. So he was Dragon's adopted daughter. And and a good chunk of the opening story, you get um, a lot of the backstory. You 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 have um, Angel and Malcolm and and Dragon fighting for um, Frank Darling Jr.'s life, and it's littered with trademark Larson ass shots, nipple slips. Um, <laughs> I mean, he Larson loves. The cheesecake and and oh, the, yeah. the peekaboo. Uh, at one point in the narrative, um, when Dragon sacrificed himself, Angel and Malcolm had to live with the darlings, and that's where the relationship started between Angel and Malcolm. And mm-hmm. then, you know, it, it's mostly flashbacks where um, a, uh, f- uh, Frank Jr. got Tierra pregnant. And then it's the sexual escapades between uh, Maxine and Angel and Malcolm, and then Tierra joins, and and um, this is there are pages in this issue, and I won't spoil it because I think someone should experience this for themselves. There are sexy time pages in this issue that will curl your toes. I'm on it now. I'm thinking I'm gonna be jumping on this right here. Larson does not pull any punches, and when Maxine the wants, last time I read Savage Dragon, which was probably was the when I was when Savage Dragon's wife just tore, just took him to just tore him up, sexual fiend. Oh, you're talking about Maxine and, and Malcolm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, 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 yes. Well, in this issue, um, now Angel's in her bridal gown. And when Maxine wants some, Maxine will get some. That's all I'm going to say. Mm-hmm. But the, 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 the thing I, I really want to talk about is there's a twist ending to this wedding. That as I was going through all these flashbacks of, of the Frank Darling, Angel Murphy interactions, there was a, an extended sequence that was conspicuously absent from larson's recollection of these the interactions of these characters and i didn't i didn't notice it he's really slick really sly i didn't notice it until the very last page of this wedding story where larson goes back at least a hundred issues probably more and pulls an event from the past into the future that transforms everything about the wedding everything about the book he just he he take yeah. he takes something he's done probably a decade ago and just turns the reader i mean you have to be a long time reader of savage dragon to get this if you've only you know dabbled and maybe read an issue of savage dragon here or there the ending is not going to mean a damn thing to you but if you're a regular reader and you've stuck with the book and you know the history of these characters the last page I was like, Eric, you are a son of a bitch. Mm-mm. I didn't see it coming. Um, yeah, I don't want to say any more because there's a lot of people that read this book and I don't want to spoil it for them. Um, well, not a lot of people, but there are diehards in our in our Slack that read this book. And it, it's just amazing. It, it, he is a maestro. And if Larson just keeps making this book for himself, I'll keep reading it. Because I love it. it. I think he's one of the best dudes out there making comics. Nobody makes comics like Eric Larson. And I've, we've said it a million times. 
been a fan forever. And the fact that he just keeps plugging away at this just does my, my soul good. Love it. It's a filthy issue, though. It's really... I'm, I'm intrigued. There's a lot of news. What number? Which one? 267. It's 100 pages. Uh, cover price, 10 bucks. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Lots and lots of nudity. You had me at titties. Angel and Frank get busy at the wedding with the 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 the, the uh, all those in attendance watching them. <laughs> oh, right. There yeah. we go. Yeah, you got to read it. it it's a lot of fun. And and you know, one of the recent comments about our podcast was somebody took probably me to task to say that you know. Um, the the misogyny is 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 top level on this show when we comment on on artists drawing you know beautiful women and but this is eric doing what he wants to do with his characters is it misogyny misogynistic uh, misogynistic i don't know uh, all art is 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 objectivism right you mean when when they you know you'll say an artist objectifies women right when you sit down in a, in a figure drawing environment and you have a nude model in front of you, whether male or female, there's a point where that model stops being a human being and turns into an object. No different mm-hmm. than, a, than a bowl of fruit or, mm-hmm. or a, a, you know, a landscape. Because when you draw, you're looking not at the fact that it's a human being. You're looking at the fact... The interplay between sections of the body, how they interact and how muscles expand and contract based on the position of certain body parts or whatever. So so it stops becoming a human being and, and becomes an object. So to say that, that, you know, artists and us objectify women, all art is objectivism. Everything's yeah. an object. You, well, you're first not. Of all, I, let me be clear, because I, I, I don't, I don't read the, I didn't read the review, but in question, but uh, I would push back intensely hard, even with your own, like you're making a case for where you may have, may, have, may or may not have said something. A misogynist, by definition, and the definition is a person who dislikes, despises, or is strongly prejudiced against women. Yeah, that's there not is us. not a single iota of us or this show that is misogynistic. It, no, like now. Do we unapologetically because we're three, uh, three heterosexual white, yeah. white dudes who love the female form? Do we sometimes get puerile about stuff and maybe um, a little uh, aloof in and you know and and overly sophomoric in our like adoration for for women and how beautiful they are? Of course, absolutely. So I would say if a review said that we're you know childish about it or maybe um like boorish maybe like occasionally like but like misogynistic that's absolutely the that's that's a dude searching for a big worded insult that doesn't fit what he's actually trying to say or what actually at least is a fair criticism but um, true but i mean i mean from my point of view a beautiful drawing can be of uh an unclothed woman or Tama Finland. Like, I don't care sure. what, I think whether it's male or female. A beautiful drawing is a beautiful drawing. Sure. If, if it's your part and parcel to draw these dudes with these thick, 
sausages and, and you know like, it, I think it, it could be beautiful but what i'm saying is mm-hmm. there's a point in the drawing process and it's it's right at the outset where you're not seeing the subject as a human being you're seeing it as an object and mm-hmm. all art is abstraction you're just mm-hmm. putting together lines in the form of a human being but it's not a human being it's an abstraction of a human being so mm-hmm. for uh, for someone to criticize us for lusting over beautifully constructed line work in the shape of a human being that's not a human being and call it misogynistic that's crazy to me well that's what i'm saying i think it's just a port like i don't mind the criticism like if he if he had said we were objectifying women i would be like yeah we're, that's fair we do like we certainly like we definitely don't like go out of our way that, that i mean that that we have certainly been guilty of that if in as much as one is feels should feel guilty about it in the context that we may have you know you get my point i don't want to hurt feelings but yeah i love beautiful drawings that's what i'm saying like but 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 yes yeah, so i think objectification is certainly a fair criticism on occasion but but the misogyny is silly that's i think there's hurt. a difference between if eric larson is drawing these sexually active couples doing sexually active things by consent in his book right but that's but but that's he's he's deliberately presenting it that way it's designed to elicit a certain reaction that's different than someone oogling an adam hughes drawn wonder woman book where she's taken down a bank robber so if it's it that's eric is doing what you're reading Savage Dragon, and I'm, I'm going to say the right way because that's that's what it's supposed to do. Yeah. You don't you, you'd be if if you were like thinking about like anything that an, an Alan Davis drawn. That's my go-to. Megan, yeah, and you're like you know, and you're like holy crap, like then that's and and all of a sudden you're like I need a minute, and and we're waiting on you. It, it, that's <laughs> that's different than, than than reading Eric's. But book, I don't think, I think that's so different because again, it's it's not. No, but if you were if you were describing. An Excalibur comic, the way you were describing Savage Dragon, I could understand some criticism on 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 the breakdown there. But but the, okay, to get back to Adam Hughes, the goal of an Adam Hughes drawing is to titillate. That's that's what he's doing. He's he's well, yeah, not you give Adam Hughes a certain character to draw. Then yes, they you yeah, and like Frank Cho, Frank Cho does it a lot. There's a lot of artists. Alan Alan Davis does it. They they draw beautifully, visually attractive women mm-hmm. that that play into the the uh, the the public's or the male public's ideal of what is a quote perfect woman. You look at Adam Hughes's drawings, they're all buxom. They got the hips going on. Mm-hmm. So he his 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 stock and trade is titillation. So for a person to need a minute with an Adam Hughes drawing, that tells me that that guy's a successful artist. <laughs> That's understandable. Right. But it's how it's described. I'm I'm saying it's 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 how you how you feel or how you want to explain how you're feeling or describing if you're reviewing that comic and you're using the same type of language with the same excitement as you do as if you're reading a penthouse forum letter that's where i'm saying this is is that's that's where i could see people saying it's a wonder woman comic where she was just you know taken down oh and they're they're looking at her ass 
Right. It, yeah, but, but, but I mean, then again, you're focused on right. If 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 the serious. ass is the the focal point of the panel, then it was <laughs> yes, by intent to make you feel that. right. Yes, we're reviewing that correctly. I, right, I, I right, right. No, I'm, I'm with you there. Right. I'm just saying how it's the, but the way the, we review a story and how, how how we talk about it that way. I mean, there's a battle in the beginning of this issue where Angel Angel goes into battle with a skirt. <laughs> a short skirt. Like, she doesn't end in battle I'm not, with a skirt. I'm no, sure. no, exactly. So, and she's punching, and and Larson's viewpoint is straight up her dress. But that's what he wants to do, and sure. and, and and that's the, what I would expect. I would right? Expect these are his characters. So, yes. is is Larson objectifying women? No, he's he's titillating. I mean, Angel again. They're just well, lines on paper. I would push back and say I do think he is objectifying women, but I don't. I don't think he's doing it like with any malice of intent. And I think that as you alluded to at the beginning of this, objectification is a very common component of most, well, not of most, but of a lot of, of things that we consume. It's why that it's why when you watch a TV show, most of the actors and actresses are very, very handsome. Exactly. Exactly. And, and again, I'm not like, let me be clear. Do I think that someone could pop on a random episode of our show over the years and be like, oh, cringe. Uh, sure. I mean, we we are honest. Who, we are who we are. Those have all been taken down. Well, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, like, like we are who we are. We're, we're you know, we like anytime you are putting yourself out there, you, you know, it's going to if for as many hours as we have for it, it's there's going to be times when when something we say or do is going to seem you know, maybe off-putting to some, like that's, and again, like it's never intentional. And, but I will say that like, for me, like I always, you guys have heard me say this before. I always try and tell people that like, you know, privilege, the term privilege, right. It, it shouldn't be a pejorative. Like we've, we've, we've turned the, the idea of saying that someone has privilege into being like, you're insulting them. And that's really not at all what it should be because it kind of totally escapes the point of when you discuss privilege and, and getting people to understand what, what, what you mean by it. Um, and I think the same is true for what we're talking about here, like with objectification. Like I, I guess, and you know, maybe people are going to hear me say this and think it's blasphemy. I don't view, like, I don't think objectifying beautiful things you find beautiful is necessarily wrong if you own up to it. Like, I, like, there's a reason why Instagram has got eighty-seven thousand beautiful women making very good livings on by putting cute dances and bikinis on the on on right on it, like because it works. There's a reason why there are who knows how many people on OnlyFans getting, you know, making very good livings by producing content to sure. turn other people on sexually. Like, I don't like to me the idea of like objectification as a purely evil, like one should never objectify makes no sense to me because it's like that's puritanical bullshit. Like, like we're sexual creatures. Like, I like I find things appealing and titillating, like, and I don't hide from it. So, um, I guess it's like I, I do view and that's why I think the term misogynistic is just so wrong because it's a totally different thing, right? Like, like that's a totally different thing. And I would defend being called misogynistic vigorously. But if you want to say I objectify women, yeah, I do. I do. I'm prone to it. I own it. Fine. So say we all. Yeah. Now, I've been keeping an eye on this um, just to keep it on topic. This Emma Stone movie that she recently did. The one that poor things. poor things, yeah, and I have read an equal number of reviews that praise her performance in this movie, and also an equal number that cite, yeah, you get to see 
Emma Stone naked. Oh, know? right. You know, and so it's like the the public is the, I think the, the the common person is our society is puerile, right? The fact that Emma Stone was nude in this movie shouldn't be a factor in any kind of critique, right? But yet it is. So I think culturally we're attuned to the unsavory stuff, right? We like to see nudity. Like look at the 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 Fuhrer, this Taylor Swift stuff, these these AI deep fake Taylor Swift oh, right. football yeah. pictures are getting. They're not real, and yet people are losing their shit over them. Because it depicts yeah, well, it de- that's a, okay. I, I mean I view that as a little different. I think because you're you're you are creating imagery of someone that's real and doing things that they're not doing or choosing to do. Like, I think every person, <laughs> man, man, woman, or... No, I'm, I'm, been, I'm, been, you're, you, I'm being I serious. You, yeah. You, yeah. You, like, I think man, woman, or, 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 you know, any 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 human being should have the right to both fight against and be upset their 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 body being portrayed in a way that they don't choose to do it. Again, sure, like, but proportionally, it doesn't taking, look like Taylor Swift. Like, her body's not like What that. I'm saying is, if right, if Taylor Swift... I mean, look, Kim Kardashian is one of the most famous wealthy women in the world she obviously part of no but a huge reason all that started was because she made a sex tape right like yeah um and she doesn't hide from it right Such like as it is. Pam, pam anderson doesn't hide from her sex tape with tommy lee no uh if taylor swift chose to make a sex tape hey like you live your best life but i just so i think it's a little different when like deep faking and stuff i think that's different because then you're, you're taking i'm sticking to the realm of images imagery right they're 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 yeah they're, they're not real I guess they're, what I'm saying is like, they're exaggerated. I, would, I would understand being offended by a deep fake of your of so, of, of 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 someone that's like I, of them being like I think that's okay to be offended. Well, you've by. seen the videos, right? There are videos out there where you cannot tell that it's not the real deal. The, 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 the technology has ascended to the the level of it's seamless. Like they can slap a face on anybody and make you yeah. think that it's mm-hmm. a real, which is really scary. Okay. But but again, so being used for fraud, it's already being used for blackmail and fraud, right? And and these things are part and parcel of like the, the it's in the public consciousness. They haven't accepted it, but they haven't decried it. To, unless you're a Taylor Swift fan, to the point where it's just like, oh, this this technology must be stopped. People love the salacious stuff. Sure. I don't know where well, this is going. Oh, I've lost not, track but, of it. Yeah, I was going to say you. Well, the Taylor Swift thing took us aside, but like I would say again, it's just about the idea of like of of the intent of something like Jennifer Lawrence, who is one of the, you know, highest paid, most bankable female uh, actors in the world, um, chose to be full frontal nude in no hard feelings. Yes. Right. The company she did last year. Now, a lot of people were baffled by that, but she was like, it just was right for the movie. It made yep. sense. Yep. And, and she's clearly a woman who's very confident in her body and her own image, and like she owned it. And it was a funny scene. I it's a good it. scene. It really is. I, I didn't think the movie was very good at all. Uh, but twenty years from now, if I if I still if I don't have Alzheimer's, I'll probably the thing I'll remember about that movie was the nude scene. But it wasn't years. an overly sexual nude scene at all. I mean, she was fully nude, but like she was beating somebody up, like fighting for you know, like it wasn't. Um, but like that's a bold move. But she yeah. made that choice. Like yeah. she, like she. 
the like no one is hiding from the fact that that's in the lore of that movie. Like she knew when she was that she like she was smart enough to know like oh my god like everyone's gonna want to see the scene where I get naked on in a movie. Like she right. understood that it wasn't like some director talked her, you know her into doing that like thinking like oh like she she held all the cards there it was her decision right and so right. like. Why shouldn't I find that? Like, I'm, aren't I? Like, I think I'm supposed to find that. It's right, exactly, is what I'm saying. Right, she. It was a conscious decision by her to make that a reality. Just like Eric Larson, it was a conscious decision on his part to portray his characters as sexually active organisms. Yep. So I'm all for. You brought it. Back. I did. See what I did there. <laughs> so yeah, Savage Dragon two sixty seven. It is great, Eric. Please keep doing more of these. Well, he don't keep doing it. We should have him back. Yeah, if he remembers this. It's been a long time. I'm sure he remembers this. Come on. Mm. Yeah. All right. Well, sorry about this. We've we've kind of overstayed our welcome. We were supposed to keep it to, to an hour, and we didn't. But um, you know where to go, where the prices are super low. And that is where? Tell them. CheapGraphicNovels.com Exactly. CheapGraphicNovels.com Have the trade paperbacks, the manga, the OGNs, the omnibus editions. Everybody loves the omnibus editions. And rightly so. And you can get them for far less than their cover prices at CheapGraphicNovels.com Order, email, reply. 11 o'clock comic sent us free shipping on your next order. It's crazy. Check out our Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash 11 o'clock comics. $5 gets you a bonus episode that no one else gets to hear. $10 gets you the bonus episode and access to the Slack. It's amazing. Friends for life. That's not a hard sell. In Your Travels. This is a book that came out this week. It was a big deal at New York Comic Con this year. I don't know if either of you paid attention. But there's a conglomerate at Image now under the Ghost Machine banner. Bro, that was mine in your travels as well. Nice. This is, well, maybe you could talk about it a little bit. This is Ghost Machine number one. When you hear the list of creators on this thing, you're going to be like, what? Jason Fabak, Gary Frank, Brian Hitch, Jeff Johns, Lamont McGee, Francis Manipal, Brad Meltzer, Yvonne Hayes. Did I do that right? Yes. Peter Schneeberg, Peter J. Thomas, Maytal Schutt, Brad Anderson, and Rob Lee. What? I was going through this thing like, uh, okay, it's an anthology. And I knew going in that this was a teaser book, meaning that whatever price I paid for it, I would probably be buying these works again for whatever series caught my attention. Like, I'm sure that these pages will appear somewhere else, whether in the first issue of these ongoing series or in a collection of some sort. So I knew that. I was fully aware of that. And it's a 60, whatever, eight-page book for five bucks. Cardstock mm-hmm. cover. You can't beat it. But you have, there are a number of umbrellas in this ghost machine. One is called The Unnamed. And you get characters like Geiger, Redcoat, um, and Junkyard Joe, right? All of which are written by Jeff Johns. 
Geiger's drawn by Gary Frank. Kill me now, because the work is just gorgeous. Um, the Geiger uh, chapter or snippet really intrigued me. I hadn't read the previous Geiger series, but um, he's a he's a man that has been inundated by radiation, and uh, a Russian scientist crafted him a suit that has boron rods in the in the like the backpack type thing. So he's human-ish until he removes those boron rods. Then he becomes this skull-faced radioactive man character. And he just wants to be cured. He wants to be alleviated of this, this, this problem. The Hitch, Redcoat, I'm going to skip that. No offense. <laughs> <laughs> but it didn't do anything for me. Um, then you get another, and there's Ohatmu pages in this. There's Ohatmu pages. Yes, yes. Yeah. Then, Oof. then the thing that I was really intrigued by was this rook. Yes, Fabak. Like Fabak like armor command meets meets the zoo. Yes, I don't think Fabak's ever looked this good. I mean, I like his work a lot, but this is next level stuff. Um, the, the The title character Rook uh, was a farmer on Earth was taken to a, a planet where he was given a new chance. Plants called Exodus. The thing was terraformed. He was like, set there. Okay, do your thing. But unfortunately, the planet's in turmoil, and he needs to find a way out. But he's a warden. Uh, what's a warden? Well, warden are these characters that wear these masks where they can command a certain species of animal. Like Rook can command... Uh, crows and rooks there's a character in here that can command boars and wild pigs um there's a dire wolf character that obviously can command wolves it's just it's very intriguing the art is absolutely spectacular i'm in on rook okay then there's another banner called family odysseys with a series called the rocket fellers <laughs> yeah okay but it's Francis Manipal, <laughs> and it looks amazing. It does. I, I don't know if I'm going to buy the series, but I enjoyed this little snippet. It's a family from the future that goes to the past to prevent the stuff that's bad in the future from ever happening. And they they have to kind of like blend in in the present. Um, then there's a series called uh, hey, what is it? Halo? Hornsby and Halo. Hornsby and, and Halo. Yeah. Snapeberg looks real good here. A little bit Jaime Hernandez in some spots. But this one didn't do too much for me. Same Z's. Yeah, so I'm going to skip that. But the one I mean, that... That's, that's definitely geared towards younger readers. And there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, bring no, no, it no, on. No, I'm saying. It's, bring it's it on. Not, yeah. But the thing that really... The takeaway from this issue is I gots to get this Hyde Street book. <laughs> Just got to wait till October. Got to <laughs> get it because it starts off with a double-page spread... That's a pastiche of the Johnson Smith Company mixed with maybe like the the kind of ads you'd see in the Atlas comics from um, the Bronze Age. Uh, there's a pa- there's a, a man with x-ray glasses. There's um, a pastiche of uh, sea monkeys called Piranha People. But the one that really set me on fire was the uh, takeoff on Jack Davis's door-sized Frankenstein monster poster where it's just called the monster and all of these characters factor in 
I guess Hyde Street is a street that appears in a number of realities and nothing good comes of it. But there's one panel that Yvonne Hayes did that is absolutely spectacular. It's just a, an, a, a conglomerate of monsters and it is absolutely jaw-dropping. Did you guys feel that way? Look very. I mean, the whole. Yeah, I thought the whole thing. His visuals look great. It's they stunning. Yeah, it's. I mean, if you showed these pages to anyone, you'd be like, "Holy hell! Look at this art." I mean, it's 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 typical. Not typical, but it. The setup is is is. I predicted it. Like, there's a a, a movie producer in a small town, and he's an asshole, and he he kind of you know snubs his nose at a little boy scout who has a dog whistle <laughs> and the, the kid blows the dog whistle and the dog ends up uh causing the the death of the the movie mogul uh violently by truck <laughs> i thought this yeah this was worth every penny um i got the um the dire wolf cover there's like 10 or 11 different covers it's crazy but it was totally a surprise. I didn't pay. I, I'll be honest. I did not pay attention to it at New York Comic Con. Maybe, maybe I should have. But um, the lineup is stellar. The books, more or less, are all intriguing. Um, like I mean, for your some more than others, obviously. But the, all of these storylines are not going to appeal to everyone. They mm-hmm. weren't. Yeah. They weren't. They weren't designed to do that. But for my money, I'm in like Flynn on Rook. And Hyde Street, and probably Geiger. Uh, cosign on on the your views. I, I Rook was definitely the one that appealed to me the most. Uh, Hyde Street, the visuals looked really great, so I'm in on that for sure. Like Dap said, though, it's gonna it's almost gonna be almost end of the year before that comes out. But um, uh, you know, it's uh, full disclosure. I did read the first two issues of the first Geiger series, and yep. it did nothing for me. Um, yeah. But but you know absolutely i consider myself a jeff johns fan i mean the, the the vast majority of stuff i've read by him over the years i've enjoyed so so i just I, it to me it's just the the uh that particular story just doesn't appeal to me um per se but uh but yeah i'm I'm definitely excited by by all these new imprints uh you know image is already our favorite publisher per the O'Closkers, and uh i i love that we're getting these it's almost like we're going back to the old days where you had each of the founders with their own imprint. Right. And you know, it was going to be this great stuff. And obviously we don't have to re-chronicle the way the nineties went out, but I think with the people in charge of these new imprints, I think we're going to get a lot of very high quality stuff and it's going to come out on time. Cause you know, obviously yeah. Remender's got his new line. Um, I know Miller's leaving, I think image, right. Or isn't he? I don't know. Maybe, maybe. on a dark horse. I think right? he is right. Yeah. I think yeah. so he's leaving, but, but I think, I think, People like Johns and, and Remender are, uh, you know, and Matt Kent has, he's a similar thing at Dark Horse now. Like, I love the idea of these guys getting getting their own imprints to to stretch their creative muscles and bring in other creators that they have, you know, think have the same kind of vibe and aesthetic. So I'm, yes. I'm here for all of it. And there's a mission statement on the on a page that says, um, just like, you know, the, the image founders, we are prioritizing the artist and understand that the power that comes from uniting with others so, I mean, I, I I can't disagree with any of that, right? The writers are powerful, but artists bring that stuff to life. 
So that they're prioritizing the artists. Oh, please. I, I, I wish with every, uh, you know, cell in my body that this becomes a success. This and the remainder thing. Because who doesn't love new characters by top-level creators? And, and that's the thing. The majority of this book is the first appearance of these characters you're going to see in the next month. So if you are into that, if you are into collecting first appearances, you got to get Ghost Machine. Yeah. Just, I I, I don't want to discount uh, Hitch's work, but... Like, I mean, that spreads, no, I, I, that spreads really I, nice. It It is very nice. But, I mean, I, we've seen work like this from Hitch before. And to say that, oh, he's just doing stuff he's always done. That's not a detriment. That that's that shouldn't be decried. Like, you shouldn't slam the guy for just doing the stuff he's always done. But it looks like so much of the same stuff I've seen before. I don't think he takes chances. I really don't. He is, you know, he, he is a... He is... A, and it, it works for him because it it works, but it's attractive. He, he's a very formulaic artist. Yeah, right. The, the 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 line work is attractive. There's nothing wrong with it. It just seems very. It seems like deja vu. Like I've I've I've, I've encountered this stuff before. Mm-hmm. And I, and I know he has it is in him because early Hitch looks much different than this stuff. Because uh, early Hitch looks like Alan Davis. But well, yeah, that's the, true. Uh, yeah. It, it, yeah. Um, well, to to listen, we, we we started the episode talking about Avengers: Twilight. So, in your travels, might as well be Ghost Machine. Um, <laughs> nice. The, the, uh, no, I I I um I I liked Rockefellers more than I expected to. It's uh, cute, right? I mean, yeah, it is. It is. The Manipal's art is always. Oh, yeah, nice yeah like a bionic six vibe to it a little bit, like, a little bit, little they're bit. They're not bionic, but like the whole like the whole family being in on the deal. Like I like that. I like yeah, that. I, I, I mean, and I, cl- grandma. I clicked with the whole the, family. Like grandpa's salty. Yes. Grand, grandpa's a, yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. And a, a holog- they're gamers. They're playing yeah. video games against each other. Mm-hmm. Um, I, 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 yeah, I it, that, and again, you know, th- th- you're only getting you're getting teasers. It's it's it's, it's basically it's it's like a barely a zero issue of each of each story so right. you get a handful of stories to elite i mean yes if, if you've read geiger you understand the concept behind that character it's and, a cool and, looking and character so though. it's very it is a very cool looking character Tariq is a very cool looking character and um so so you know i'm i'm glad to see that story continuing um you know i i didn't like like jason i i, I bat out of geiger early never at any of the junkyard joe stuff um but I, I read all of the stories here. Um, Exodus absolutely is is a banger. It looks stellar. Um, the uh, it, it's really a funky issue between the Ohatmu and just a little little taste of, of what to expect this year from from this imprint. Um, I am curious to see it, Hornsby and Halo did just enough. To make me want to know more, a little bit more about what's going on with doing the shadows in the van, um, and uh, and and Halo's parents seem to be real pieces of work. So um, yeah, I really can't let I I, I I can't let that go by and and just wonder what the resolution is with there. I'll probably be back to to check that out. High Street looks absolutely phenomenal. Um, 
but, but yeah, I, and and I I did I was amused at at Redcoat because of what what the character has gone through. He's immortal. Uh, the uh, when he talks about some of the other immortals he's come across, like Benedict Arnold and Davy Crockett, um, Einstein. You know, and it's it's it, the, the, Davy Crockett. The man's known for conquering the wild frontier, though most have no idea just how wild he was. Uh, <laughs> Finish it. Just ask the Sasquatch. <laughs> yeah. so, so I just so and and it is there's Annie Oakley and and um, and and the Northerner and that that. That that's a story that I'm kind of interested to see how uh, how uh, how that played out. But no, I think um, I, I think everything here uh, is is a really really strong start. Just to um, just based on what they've shown us here. So yeah, I mean, if uh, I'm hoping that uh, it is at the, that there's a copy at the shop when um, when I get there. Hopefully this weekend. Because it's been a couple of weeks. Uh, well, there's so, yeah, an, like I'll, I said, there's a number of covers to choose from. Yes, there are. Yeah, um, um, all of these stories were written in a way that that made me interested in the characters. Even the red coat, um, the I, I can't front on the stories, but um, even the horns being halo, like we know Peter Tomasi can write a damn good story. Yeah, especially involving kids, but yeah, it, it, like involving Superman before the rug was unceremoniously <laughs> slipped, you know, ripped out from underneath him to make way for that other guy. But anyway, um, so the 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 package of creators in here are really strong, and I think the work is really attractive. So I'm in with one caveat: if the issues are four ninety nine, I'll wait for the trade. Sure. And it looks like Geiger's going to be three ninety nine. If you go to the 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 last, uh, the la- yeah yeah yeah, at least it, these mock ups. Well, Red Coat is four ninety nine. Right, so that's definitely about. out. But Rook, Rook Exodus is four ninety nine. Right, I I'm I'm I may buy that in singles. I might wait for the trade on that. Um, like I said, I'm drawing the line at four ninety nine. I can't. It's just sure. No, I, it's I, ridiculous. Absolutely. It but is. but we I and mean, we know that the trades are going to be far less per issue than that. So I want to support this line. I will in trade format, but I would really like to in single format. So sure. I'm hoping that they do the the Energon Universe thing where the first issue is four ninety nine, and then subsequent issues are three ninety nine. Like that would be sweet. You're not wrong. Yes, check out Ghost Machine. It was a lot of fun. It really was surprising. I actually emailed Dave at the shop when I when I saw it was coming out. I'm like, "Hey, you got any extras of that? Because I'll take one." He's like, "Oh, we got a lot." But when I got there, <laughs> he didn't have a lot, mm. so interest was 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 relatively high on this book, which is good. Good to see. Yeah. Oh, nice! I love it when we triple team it in your travels. Oof. We should make that a feature. Oh God! <laughs> Triple Team Travels. Yes, you just named it, <laughs> my dude. You're so oh, creative. Yeah. Check yourself. Check yourself, everybody. Hey, thank you for being here <laughs> with us one more time. We hope you come back next time because we could not do this without your participation. We love you so much. Go to a comic shop, buy the Ghost Machine or the Savage Dragon or something, 
and talk about it online. Let's gener- generate some excitement for these books because they're they're worthy, they're valuable. And then mm-hmm. when you're done with that, come to our Facebook page or some kind of social media or our Slack and talk about it even further because you'll get a lot of interplay, hopefully. Say goodnight. Warriors. Come out and play. David. Good night. You don't have any cans because you don't drink the beer. Oh, you got Slappy. Wow. That's some jazz shit going on. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Yes, sir. <laughs> we love you people. Tell them, tell them just what oh, I said. A lot of love. Especially we're love fast you. approaching Valentine's Day, so make oh. sure you all do something nice for your loved ones. Like, how dare you? Vince, that means do something nice for us. Oh, in a second. Nice. How dare you? Greta. That's it for that one. <laughs>